It's also on the handouts that we were given as well, if you'd like to follow on on one side. Thanks. Masters, provide your slaves with what is right and fair, because you know that you also have a master in heaven. Devote yourselves to prayer, because being watchful and thankful, and pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message, so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ, for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Great. That's Josh. Wonderful. Well, this morning I wanted to start by revisiting, uh, looking at this triangle again. Uh, we've been talking about kingdom strategy, and uh, I just thought it'd be helpful for us to just to start casting our minds, sorry, on some things. So uh, we started a few weeks ago talking about this, and we talked about the mission of our shirt, our church, which is also on our T-shirts, and it says, "Why do we exist?" And it says, to know Jesus and to make Jesus known. Maybe you've read that on one of your shirts uh, somewhere, or you've got to know that. And uh, we were talking for quite a while to say, well, that's why we exist as a church. We have a mission. We want to know Jesus and love him more, and we want others to come and know this beautiful Jesus. And so we've got this overarching mission, to know Jesus ourselves and to make him known. We're all about Jesus, and there's an urgency associated with this and we've got Colossians 1 that reminder there to to the gospel of Jesus and then the good news of Jesus and how we receive Jesus ourselves and so that's the mission and then we talked about having a vision we have a vision over our church uh, for 2019 that the blue board over there but we've we've just been fine-tuning that a little bit uh, it all lines up uh, together about what do we want to see we want to see people saved we want to see people equipped that's trained and resourced. We want to see people growing and we want to see people sent, sent out locally and across the world. As I looked at this, it excites me. I want to see all these things taking place. I want to see um, us heading in this direction. What a picture to have that our church would be seeing people saved and equipped and sent and growing. And then we talked about having a strategy. How will we get there? Having uh, maybe a target audience rather than all of Korowa. Um, and we talked about having some, some pathways for people to grow on and to be a disciples on. And so uh, things that would rally our prayers and resources and energy. So we're, we're talking this whole series around this whole idea of strategy, about where we are headed, kingdom strategy. And the book of Colossians has had all sorts of um, strategy. But I just want to emphasize that we start with the gospel. We start with the good news of Jesus. That's where it all begins. It never changes from there. The gospel, of course, is Jesus' whole life. Everything he said and everything he did. The fact that he died on that cross for us. The fact that he rose again. When we look to Jesus and his good news and we receive that ourselves, that changes our heart. It changes who we are. We become born again in God's kingdom and that leads us forward in the ways of Jesus. And from there, 
We need a strategy. What are we going to do? How can we step forward? And so we've been talking about lots of practical things. And part of the strategy is always going to line up with the Bible, the good news of Jesus. So here's some things that we've been looking after over the last few months. Practical things. The first one we talked about was encouraging each other. That we can actually encourage one another. That's a good thing to do. Our Christian brothers and sisters. We can pray for each other. Pray for spiritual growth. Not only for people's health, but also pray that people will understand the things of Jesus. That they'll understand God's will and that they'll have the power to step into it. In fact, we're going to be speaking more about prayer in a moment because it's all in our reading. We talked about putting Jesus as supreme over our lives, making him truly Lord, Jesus the supreme one. And as we make Jesus Lord over everything, we are to remain strong in our faith. We're to keep going in what matters, which is our faith, with Jesus as that Lord. And that should also lead us out to tell other people about this great Jesus that we know. Telling others, even if there's a cost associated with it. Because sometimes there is, it is costly. Because part of our strategy is to recognize that as we go out and as we tell people that we might suffer. We might suffer in terms of people rejecting us or the message. Or we might actually go through some difficult things on that journey. But we should embrace that because we know that we grow through hardship. We also spoke about having a strategy of actually working hard for Jesus, putting an effort into the things of Jesus, having a passion and a zeal. We also spoke about not getting fooled by fine-sounding arguments. There are many arguments as we look out in the world, so many things that could fool us, but nowhere to continue. You might recall that a few weeks ago, Pastor Noah spoke about the Christian life cycle that we go through and how we're to keep taking steps, to keep growing, to look at the big picture of of Colossians and and the New Testament and to keep going forward in Jesus and to have that heart for people. Two weeks ago, we talked about looking to heaven, looking to the glory of heaven, looking to Jesus in heaven and setting our hearts upon him. And the practical um, there thing is to to put our hope in him and what is to come. And then we spoke about killing off sin in our lives, destroying the sin, saying no more to the sin. But instead, last week, we spoke about clothing ourselves with godly character, clothing ourselves with the, the things of God. And the most important thing over all the things we are to clothe ourselves with is love. Melvin even wore the special love jacket last week for us. So there are many practical things that I just said that we can get on with in our Christian walk. There's a huge list there, but we're going to review two of those today. We're going to talk about prayer, and we're going to talk about sharing our faith, sharing Jesus. Prayer and sharing Jesus. So interesting, our passage today, if you want to look at it again in in Colossians chapter 4, the first verse actually talks about masters and slaves. It says, Masters and slaves, masters provide for your slaves with what is right and fair because you know that you also have a master in heaven. 
So this reminder here as we come to start is actually saying that all people should be fair and good with how they treat others. We don't have masters and slaves like that anymore in our country. Times have changed for the better because we understand our freedom. But we do have bosses or we are bosses. We do have tradesmen or contractors that come and deal around us. And the picture here that, that the Word of God affirms is that we should be fair with each other or fair with people in those situations and that we should be just in our dealings. That we should think about other people and, and how we're doing and try to honour the Lord in that. Because we know that the Lord himself is a good to us. He is a good master. And then we get to the topic of prayer. Verse 2. A huge challenge to each of us. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. Now I'm just blown away by that first word here. I don't know about you. Devote yourself to prayer. How devoted is your prayer life? How devoted is my prayer life? How many hours would we say would be a devoted prayer life? Maybe we say, oh, throughout the day I do pray, five minutes here, one minute there. I think the challenge with the word devotion is that it's saying for something so much more. It's not taking, talking about a couple of minutes here or there. It's asking us to really deeply pray, to be on our knees before the Lord, seeking Him. It is a huge challenge to be devoted. Maybe you're someone who prays a lot. Maybe you pray for hours a day. Well, devotion here was saying that's a good thing, but pray even more. Maybe you're someone who doesn't pray at all. And this is a challenge to say, well, I need to start seeking the Lord in prayer. We need to pray. The Word of God is clear. We need to be men and women of prayer. We should not be asleep. We should be praying. Jesus himself taught on prayer regularly. I'm going to turn back to Luke 18 and read a parable to you. If you'd like to turn there, you're very welcome to follow along. In Luke 18, I'm going to read the parable of the persistent widow. And we're told the meaning of this, this, this parable as we come to the start. So it's in Luke 18 and it's, it's verses 1 to 8. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. So straight away we see a picture of devotion. When are they praying? Always. They are never giving up in their prayers. Even if it feels like they're not being answered, they keep praying. So I continue in the, in the Bible reading. Jesus said, In a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, Grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused. But finally he said to himself, Even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. And the Lord said, Listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? 
Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Wow, what a challenge this parable is. Notice how it says that they're crying out day and night. That's a picture of consistent prayer, devoted prayers. And this parable, it links faith with prayer. If we are people of faith, then we are people of prayer. What a challenge at the end. Will there actually be people awake in prayer when Jesus returns? Or will we have fallen asleep in terms of prayer? It's a huge challenge to me. It's a huge challenge, I'm sure, to each of us to keep that fire going to prayer, to keep praying, to being devoted. Verse 2 from Colossians 4 also reminds us to be watchful, to be alert when we pray. That means we look at the world around us and to recognize that there is brokenness, to be spiritually alert to what's going on in people's lives around us, to be alert in the situations. And as we see these things, we pray into them. If we see brokenness, what a perfect opportunity to pray. There are so many things around us that we can pray into because they are not how God desires them. As we look at things, we should desire God's kingdom to come, His will to be done. That's in the Lord's Prayer, in what we see around us. And so we get on our knees morning and night and pray for it to happen. And thirdly, in this verse, it says that we should be thankful. Prayer is a time to thank God to thank Him for His grace, to thank Him for His kindness and mercy, to thank Him for the cross, to thank Him for His power and what He is doing, to thank Him for the promises of what is to come, to thank Him for His creation, to thank Him for the breath in our lungs. There are so many things that we can thank God for. We could pray for hours thanking God. So we see here a picture of prayer. And it continues in verse 3 and 4, which I'll read again. And pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message, so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. We see here more prayer, but this time it's prayer for opportunities for Jesus to be shared. Paul's asking for prayer. We've just prayed for Lippius and for Indonesia. What a great thing to do, that they will have opportunities to share faith in Indonesia. It's good to pray for our missionaries. It's good to pray for evangelists. It's good to pray for doors to be open, for others to walk through. Because maybe you're sitting here and thinking, I'm really poor at sharing faith. Well, I know something you can easily do. You can pray for others to share it well, so that they'll have open doors. Maybe you really struggle. You find, oh, I get into this conversation and I don't know what to say. Well, there's something to think about there. But firstly, why don't you pray for others to have opportunities that they'll be able to share Jesus. But I believe that these verses challenge us to adopt these prayers for ourselves as well, though. It's good to pray for others to, to have open door opportunities. But it's good to pray for ourselves as well that we will have opportunities that us as individuals and that our church, that we will have an opportunity to share something of Jesus.
So it is clear this morning that we are to be people of prayer. So I want to encourage us to pray, to pray all the time, morning, noon, and night, more prayers. It is impossible to pray too much. I'm sure that we can all acknowledge that prayers change hearts as well. Speak of any person that's become a Christian, and I'm sure that they will tell you that they are thankful for the prayers that they received. People would have prayed for them. I know that's true for my situation. When I was searching, people were praying for me, and it helped me to see Jesus. If we do want to see people come to know Jesus, then we need to be praying for them. Real people that we know, that we take them to the Lord in prayer, we, we put them in God's hands and ask that their hearts and minds will be open to the truth. May we be people who care for the lost by praying for them. And this passage, of course, is calling us to be alert to what's happening. As we've already said, I think we should be aware that there is evil in this world and we should be praying, praying that there will be light where instead of darkness, instead of people desiring the evil things of this world, that people will start seeing the light of Jesus and start desiring the good things. And so all this talk of prayer, I want us to stop in the middle of this message and to pray. I'm going to stop and pray for a moment. And uh, just individually, I'm going to give us a few moments just to seek the Lord in prayer, whatever he's put on your part. Maybe there's someone that you would like to pray for or something that you want to say to him. We're just going to stop for a few minutes and pray individually right now. Lord God, may you hear the cries of our heart. We are truly sorry for the times that, that we forgot to, to take things to you in prayer. Lord, we pray for our friends and family, our loved ones that, that do not know you, our, our neighbors. We pray that somehow they will see the truth of Jesus, that they will find eternal life. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So not only is it prayer that we're talking about, we're also talking about sharing Jesus, sharing the hope and the faith that we have, the good news of Jesus. Because it's one thing to pray for an open door. Just say there's a huge open door here that's been opened up. Wouldn't it be foolish if we just stood at the door, if we just sort of poked our head in and didn't do anything about it? If we're praying for an open door, then we need to step through it. We need to actually take the opportunities that God gives us. It's clear that we can't just stand still. 
if we're praying for it, then there is a responsibility for us to then take that step through it. That we will match the words here, that, that we will declare God's plan. It used to be a mystery, but no more is there a mystery. We can declare or proclaim Jesus Christ clearly that Jesus is the good news. He is the way that people can know God. If people want peace for their souls, if people desire forgiveness, a right relationship with God, then they can look to Jesus. We can declare that clearly. We can speak that. And that's exactly what Paul was going to say. He was saying, I want prayer so that I get the opportunity and then I take it. I take it and then I take it clearly. And so may we do the same. Tell people about the cross of Jesus and what it means. That there is forgiveness in God's eyes. That there won't be judgment for those that believe in Jesus. That people don't need to, to, to be worried about hell, but instead they can have the promise of heaven. Jesus himself declared, I am the way, the truth, and the life. That's in John 14, 6. Jesus himself was very clear about who he was and what he had come to do. So when we get opportunities, may we clearly talk about Jesus. Sometimes I think we get it wrong because we try to make it too confusing. We try to make it too fancy. Or sometimes we just talk for ages and then we, we never really make it clear what we're talking about. We slip Jesus in the end of a conversation, but we haven't really made it clear that what we're talking about. May we be people who care about Jesus so much that we clearly take those opportunities to talk about faith. Will people reject it? Yes. Not everyone will accept it. That's a reality. Will some people receive it? Well, my experience is to say, yes, some people will. Not everyone rejects the truth. So may we keep sharing Jesus. And verse 5, let us look at that again. It says, be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. This is just affirming what we've been saying. How are our actions to be wise as we spend time with people? Because we know all too well that our actions can put people off. If they say that we belong to a loving God and that we don't show love to people, people see that straight away. If we're not wise with our actions, we don't get the opportunity to share faith. It's important that our actions match our beliefs on who Jesus is. We need to have actions that show that we belong to God. And then, as we do that, we will have opportunities. And verse 6, it says, Let your conversations be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Our conversations are to be full of something. What is it? What's the key word? Grace. What does it mean to have conversations of grace? It's to mean that we are kind in our words, but it means so much more than that. It's not only that we're kind, but we also talk about God's grace. We talk about our experience of grace. We can share our testimony and declare thank you, God, for what you've done in my life to someone. Or I'm, I'm thankful for, for something as we share those words with people. Words that speak about what God has done on the cross. They are words of grace. 
There are so many words of grace that we could use. And notice that they are seasoned with salt as well. Our words, salt, we put salt particularly on meat to make it more palatable and enjoyable. We salt up our food so that it's flavored well. Well, shouldn't our words be flavored with who we are in Christ? Shouldn't they be flavored with our Christian understanding and character? Shouldn't our words be flavored with God's truth so that they're beneficial for others? Because we can all have pointless conversations with people. We can all have a long conversation about worldly things with people. We can even get on to foolish talk or, or get on to, to filthy language if we choose to. But wouldn't it be better to have words that are full of grace and full of God's truth, seasoned with salt? What different conversations. Imagine if our words were able to help someone in their journey. That's what we want. In fact, we know that we'll be ready to give the answer, as it says here, if our words are full of grace and they're seasoned with salt, we'll know exactly what to say to people because that's focused on the right words. And so I've got a few examples now. Well, one big example for me of this whole concept of sharing Jesus comes through my own experience with the Alpha Course. The Alpha Course was helpful in me coming to faith and then within 12 months of becoming a Christian, I said, right, I want to see Alpha Course or another one run. So uh, I got a few people together and we're able to get one off the ground at our church. Uh, this is in, in Canberra at Dixon Baptist Church. And then within a few months, that was a good experience. Uh, a few months, we were running some on the Australian National University campus. And so the, the strategy there was um, that what we would do um, as a Christian group, we managed to get enough Christian students together. We were able to hire a lecture hall. So what we did is we got some really nice food and we had a nice meal. So the, uh, Gwyneth Tho, the pastor's wife, prepared this beautiful meal and some other helpers brought this meal in and university students are always hungry. Uh, so we fed them a nice home-cooked meal and then we showed them the, the Christian videos and then we sat down to talk about it. And we had lots of people come. Lots of people come. That was an open door. And you think, oh, aren't they so secular universities? Well, it was a, a goldmine in my opinion back there. We had so many people that came. I invited just about every single one of my university acquaintances, more than just my mates, and lots of them came, mainly for the food, some of them. But uh, a lot of them did come, and at least they respected what was said. Some they weren't interested. Some were. Some did the whole course. And we actually found that at the end of the course, people were still asking questions, so we'd have to run something else. Uh, so Alpha goes for about 10 weeks. So it's, uh, it was people kept searching and asking questions. And I think I ran Alpha about five times on the university campus with, the, with some others. That was an open door. That was a time to, to have conversations full of grace, seasoned with salt. And it's beautiful to think that some of those people are still following the Lord now. What a wonderful opportunity that was. And so I wanted us to think, what would you say are some open doors that the Lord's given us right now? What are some open doors that you would say that, that are right before us in our midst? Yes, yep, the lunchtime group or, or the high school in general, all the things that happen, there is an open door at the high school at the moment. Mainly music? You think there's an open door there and yep, and, and with families? Yep. The op shop, you think there's an open door in the op shop to to share Jesus? 
I guess there's always a challenge. Are we sharing Jesus in these spaces? Are we clearly presenting Jesus? That's a challenge, isn't it? Because if we've got a community connection, it's like, well, are we taking that next step? Anything else where we see an open door at the moment? Well, we all know people. I hope we all know someone that doesn't know the Lord. I'm sure we do somehow, somewhere. Are we praying for opportunities and then the opportunity comes up? May we take those opportunities. That's a reality. For some of us, we live with majority non-Christians around us. Lots of and lots of opportunities. Sometimes our workplaces, obviously you need to be sensitive in the workplace. Um, But still, if we love Jesus, I'm sure there can be an opportunity or invite someone to a coffee from a workplace that then gives you the opportunity over coffee. We have some open doors. Mm. Well, that could be a next step you take with someone in opening up the Bible and saying, well, look what Jesus himself said. There's so many powerful verses in the Bible that you could open up before someone. Yes? That's a very good point because I think if we start the day and saying, Lord, who would you have me talk to today? Could be at the supermarket. It could be um, just pulling up alongside the car for someone. Or There's so many options where we bump into people and there, there might just be an op- opportunity for a conversation there uh, that could, could bear some fruit. Yes. Families. Mm, absolutely, to share share uh, valuable faith with our children and to encourage them when they 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 themselves are, are sharing faith or, or getting understanding something. So may we be people of prayer, and may we be people who do share Jesus. There is a calling in our life to share Jesus. If we found this incredible joy and treasure in Jesus, then what a challenge to share it. The good news of Jesus is never to be held up and just stopped within us. It's to always go out to others. And that's why we've received it, because others have taken it out into this world. May we have that heart's desire to do it. Let's pray. Our Lord God, we come before you and acknowledge that that you are God, that you are mighty and, and strong, and that, Lord, we don't always get it right. Lord, help us as we've been saying, to have a deeper desire to pray. But Lord, we we pray as well that you will open opportunities this coming week, that you will open doors, Lord, for us to walk through, to share of the wonders of Jesus, the truth of Jesus. Lord, may you help us to be clear in what we say, and may you help us to forever proclaim the goodness of Jesus and what he's done. 
And we ask for your help and protection as we do this. In Jesus' name, amen.